This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello, my friends, and welcome to That's Bangin', a podcast celebrating everything great from farm to plate, ship to service, and field to fork. A celebration of everything tasty, everything fresh, and most of all, everything excellent that's coming off our little island at the moment. Including interviews with people who love food and people who are influencing what we eat on this great little island. That's Bangin' with Chris and Marcus. Hello, hello, I'm Chris Mellon and I'm joined by my co-host, the one, the only Marcus O'Leary. Oh, Mr. Marcus O'Leary. Marcus, how are you keeping? I'm how good, have, dude. have you had a good week? I've had a good week. I've been living well. I've been eating well. Yeah, the I weather can... started off not quite nice, and yeah, uh, it's it, kinda... now it's back to two pairs of socks at the moment. But... It is nippy, man, but you know what? It, it means comfort food, lighting a fire, maybe toasting the odd marshmallow, hot whiskies. Yeah, there's a Delicious. bit of a, there's a bit of spring in the air, but like I think it's coming. Do you know what? I think uh, Mother Nature gave us a little bit of a tease. You know, got some daffodils coming up out of the ground, a couple of yeah. little snowdrops, and then bam, straight back into cold weather. But we're good. You know, I'm I'm happy. I've uh, it's been a week of the Sambo Ambo being back in operation and its new and its new home. Yeah, absolutely. So, I was down at the Sambo Ambo on one of the days where it actually was better weather. And we actually had a very special guest with us that day. Oh, we had the man. <laughs> we had the man. Well, it actually. Is it is it the man or the, the spud? The spud, the spud king, <laughs> the spud king, Mister Tato joined us on Monday down at the Sambuambo for a very special photo call, and uh, it was just the best day ever. Do you know what? Like honestly, I've worked with quite a few very famous people across my career, and I I've rarely seen a reaction to anything like it was Mr. brilliant. Tato. Like somebody almost literally. Like, you know, just like, see, there, there was traffic building up. <laughs> like, people were stopping their cars. They were swerving in to be like, Mr. Tato, we love you. And rightly so, because he is an icon of Irish food. Oh, it was absolutely incredible as well. Yeah, people, people stopping and their kids shouting out the back windows of the cars. Everyone just wanted to, everyone just wanted to see Mr. Tato. And it was the first time he's been back out and involved in, in Ireland over the last year. Mr. Tato had a long hibernation, you I believe. Know, I will say one thing that, like, you know, no other food in Ireland has a theme park. There you go. There you like, go. No, no one's like going to Broccoli Park. No, where's the no. Curly Whirly Rose the coaster? Exactly. No, it's Tato Park all the way. Mr. Tato, what a legend. Um, have you been eating well this week? I have been eating really well this week. Um, where have I started off? Let me think about this. Okay, yeah. So I um I went to Need, which is a new pizza and bottle shop in Drumcondra. Oh yeah. Above the old Cat and Cage pub. Oh. So that's Need K N E A D. Like Need, like a Need ne- that dough. Need that dough. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, it's big rows of fridges, loads of craft beers, selection of wine spirits, and they they have Wine Lab doing the taps as well. Oh, great. So you can get your espresso martinis and Shout your, out to uh, Wine Lab porn star martinis Ronan on Nalaker. tap. Yeah. Love that kind of thing on tap cocktails. But uh, yeah, so and then Takeaway Pizza was also un- unreal. They had the, the kind of dip was like um, Chipotle and it was one of those things where you could like dip anything into it and it'll like make the worst foods yeah. really edible. So uh, yeah, really into that. And then we were both down at the Salty Bowie. We were down at the Salty Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Sabongi, Nile, yeah. uh, the Poseidon of uh, of Dublin. <laughs> um, yeah, I was actually there today, funnily enough. I was doing oh, a little walking tour of the Liberties and I popped down. And you know what? Like three o'clock on a Thursday, mm. place was packed. Yeah, it's a great location down at the Digital Hub there just off Thomas Street. Uh, you have Container Coffee there and they're actually doing a real whopper paint job at the moment. So it's really just zinging on the street. Pow, Container pow. Coffee, yeah. Very good coffee in there as well. Great yeah. coffee. Lovely people. What did you know? What What is the monument? What's the pillar behind? I couldn't tell you. I honestly, I feel like I know because I've done, like I've. it's been explained to me before. Yeah. But I was looking at it today and it's, what a... What a what an amazing little building! Like, really? I'll Google that in a minute when we have time. <laughs> no, do you know what? Like, uh, it's it's amazing. It's cool. It's but a really cool spot, and there was a nice little vibe when I was down there. Got myself a lobster roll, uh, just delicious, great yeah, seafood. Spongy doing his thing. I was there in the sun the other day with uh, with my girlfriend and bumped into uh, bumped into Eric Matthews, who's a friend of ours. Shout yeah. out to Eric. Eric. We mentioned Eric enough. We better come on. <laughs> um, and we were we were slurping some oysters. Yeah. Um, and we're looking at this magnificent building. And of course, speaking of a uh, magnificence, you have a little sandwich collaboration you've been working I, on, right? I do indeed. I do indeed. The Cali Beef Dripper with the White Moose now uh, has gone live. So this is a, just an epic cheese monster that I created using some pastrami and some Gruyere, chipotle cheese, uh, pickled pear onions, rocket, and then like it comes with like a che- chipotle salsa cheese dip. Just che- like if three cheese wasn't enough, give them a three cheese dip. dip. So uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, you can check it out on Dublin Social on the Instagram. It's, it's one of the most ferocious pictures I've ever seen of the you, actual yeah, dripping cheese. It. It's like it's kind of car crashy but in a good way. Yeah, like, no, you'd beautiful. need a bath after eating it all right. But like, you know. You need a bath uh, after looking at the picture. <laughs> but it's absolutely delicious. All right, listen, enough 
enough talk of us eating ourselves into a coma. Um, and I think we should probably introduce our wonderful guest this week because I'm buzzed about this. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to yeah, this. Yeah, I'm one. really interested in this one too. And uh, it's a guest that's been popping up on our television screens ever more regularly on Ireland AM, Lodge with Lucy, and even Vice's massive international hit, Fuck That's Delicious, with Action Bronson. We're delighted to have Ireland's next celebrity chef, Little Porties, Nico Reynolds. How are we doing, lads? Oh, what's going on, man? We're pretty you good. good. It's good to be out of the house. Yeah, say so. <laughs> see other people. It's that good aren't... to see you, dude. I've been bumping yeah. I've been bumping into you on the streets a bit, but well, here we, we are. I feel we have a similar route. I feel we yeah. do. It involves generally It's like Joycey and time. Yeah. <laughs> You're like walking like through town and just our, meeting people. Our Ulysses is going to like Fallon and Burn to pick up <laughs> some, some some obscure ingredients, going to the Asian market to like pick up some random sauces, yeah. stopping at loose cannon for just the like inevitable chat that you're gonna have. I bumped into Bodius on Drury Street, so yeah. That yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, is there going to be a Bloomsday in 50 years of this? <laughs> following, this, is, this is our following Bloomsday. Our you know what? We are, we are Joycey and walking around, but instead of going to Sweeney's for like lemon soap, we're like walking around being like, oh, do you have any uh, skin contact natural resis that are also a pet nut? So yeah, it's um, exactly it's good to that. have you here in... um. In our in our podcast, it's good Dad, to man. be here. Thank you very much for the so, invite. Come here. How are you doing, man? I'm doing fibing, pretty good actually. Yeah. Just after, uh, I mean, January was rough, mm-hmm. rough, rough, rough. Um, but there's a few like, I mean, it's so obviously so easy to concentrate on all the negatives when the positives aren't that consistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like first of all, at this very, like, geez, we're almost a year into this now. Yeah. At the very start of this, this would have been this time last year. I was close mm-hmm. enough to metaphorically on the way to the bank to open up a restaurant. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, to take out a loan that I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. have been able to take out too good of, right now. One of those long-term, like, you know, this is my life now. Like, this was, yeah, because it was, when I started Little Porty, it was, uh, I had made the decision that it was going to be, all right, I'll give this two years, see mm-hmm. what happens, see where I land, and then open up a restaurant. Yeah. And then it had got to that two-year point where everything had mm-hmm. kind of come together. Um, yeah. And I was confident enough that that the idea was there enough that people would actually come and eat. Mm-hmm. Found the place, had the designers in, had the builders in three or four times. Right. This is what what day are we now? This is the this is almost a year ago to the date. Right. Okay. Um, so you literally the wheels were in motion. We were on our way to the bank. Yeah. Like it was. Uh, I remember I had done an event on the eighth of March last year, which was a Sunday. Uh, I think on the tenth of March, which would have been the Tuesday, we were like, okay, we'll go. And then it was the, and then this all started to cascade into uncertainty and like better wow. hold off. So just uh, you, just for for anybody who uh, who wouldn't know you, you mentioned Little Porty, which is obviously mm. I remember eating at I think your second Little Porty pop up in um, into Fifty Square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just being blown away. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about Little Porty? So I started. So Little Porty. Um, my mother, I'm half Jamaican, half Irish, uh, two heritages. And uh, Jamaican side, my family are from a place called Port Antonio. And they okay. call the people there, the parties. But the expression would be the liquor party would be <laughs> Lil Porty. Okay. I mean, I speak like that with the Jamaican and be a liquor party. But I didn't think the word liquor would roll off the Irish tongue too well. So yeah. I, I, I used the word Lil. Yeah. Lil, so, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it's a representation of, I suppose, who I am and what, okay. I, what I do and where I come from. Um, I never really saw it as because when I moved home, I said, mm. "What could I do tomorrow that no one's doing in Ireland that I know yeah. how to do?" I was like, oh, you know, "I'm all right at cooking. I could." Yeah, but I guess yeah. it's, I could. It's, I could figure that out. I guess it is something. I mean, Chris, we've talked about this before. That you know, you go all across Europe and like Jamaican food, and especially jerk, mm. is quite prevalent. You know, you go to a lot of markets and especially somewhere like London or all across the UK where you'd have a strong Jamaican population. Yeah. There's a lot of Jamaican food and it's amazing. Like mm-hmm. everything from your rice and peas to your jerk to, you know, your rundowns and everything like that. And it's all, it's all amazing. But it's something that I've never seen in Ireland before. Other than like, you know, your your textbook, Levy Roots. Yeah. Like I was actually just on a, uh, at a place there and they, had, they, they were sold out of it, jerk chicken tacos. And you see all the stuff and then... I, I mean, it's part of the diaspora, right? Mm. Um, and it, it goes into a few conversations about authenticity, which I'm sure we're going to have on the show right now. But um, yeah, I mean, in, in London, the uh, 
the population is just so much bigger. Mm, massive, I, I, yeah. I, I, have, I haven't really, I didn't really see it here and I didn't really see the way that, because I kind of took the Jamaican cooking and then I started doing that type of cooking in South America. And mm. then by the time I came back to Ireland, it had changed into this, like I had, mm. into yeah. this, mm. you know, it, it kind of evolved with who you are. So you're yeah. talking about South America. So for people that don't know, you lived in Argentina for five years. Is that correct? I went down to Argentina, which was supposed to be two months. I love how you say months. that, like it's a shop. Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to Argentina. Does anyone want anything there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, while I'm down there. But yeah, but that's how kind of casual I was at the time. I was, uh, I, I, it was just after, you know, there was a lot, of, like now there was a lot of insecurity in that time and mm. you, not, you didn't really know what's going on. You're a young man. So I said, ah, sure, I'll go down to Argentina. Um, <laughs> as, as, as you do. And I went down there what was supposed to be two months. Ended up staying the guts of seven years. Wow. Um, yeah, and just kind of woke up one day and was like, geez, I've been down here for a while. And then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> to put a long story short, uh, but I had a, I had a couple of business down there as mm. involved in like event production and mm. doing pop-up dinners, much like I was doing here. Yeah. Um, but then as you get older, these things kind of get further and further away. And then uh, I had for a few sure. things that didn't go my way and uh, made, made the decision to come home. Right, okay. Well, it's... Uh Argentina is actually it's somewhere that I'd, I've been dying to go. Like it's that just like part of the world has always going to touch my soul in some way, shape, or form. It mm. just has this incredibly mm. visceral energy to it. No matter yeah. what part of it, it I don't know. You, you say something like, "Oh, you know, like the way um, the way Americans might say, oh, 'Oh, I'm going yeah. to Europe.'" And it's like, well, yeah. are you going to?'" Are you yeah. going to like uh, Crumlin or are you going to Milan? Like, you know, <laughs> you know the kind of way. Yeah. Uh, there, there's, there's, there's a vastly different world. But in saying that, there is a, there, there is almost like a homogenized culture that yeah. every, everyone's, come, yeah, kind of, if, like we're always kind of similar, but different in the part. Mm. And, um, yeah, that part of the world is just the heart and the sleeve, the, like the soul and the tongue. And I mean, like obviously, like you said, you were working in food there. Were you cooking mm. Jamaican food in Argentina? It's funny enough, you say that. I was actually cooking Irish food because there's no one no really way. doing Irish food. So there. You, you were just chilling around in Argentina cooking coddle. Dude. I was cooking coddle. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, sorry, this has actually just made me the happiest man in the world. But, but, <laughs> but, what a sight. So, but yeah, but, but, so, so here's the thing. With gaucho sausages. But, and he, like... but here's the thing, why I think why Lil Porty got so popular. Mm. It's that new taste. It's that new experience that, um, for example, a lot of people that ha came to the mm. pop-up originally were people that had lived in London and they said, oh, I, I used to, I lived in Dalston and I used to get this kind of food all the time and yeah. it's great to see it again. It's great, it's great yeah. to have it here. So, especially how the world is so interconnected now, you see something you're like, I wonder what that tastes like. Yeah. And for my, down, down there, I was doing, we used to do an event on Sundays called the Sunday Reception and it was a Sunday roast. Irish style. But tell me. Yeah. Mashed potatoes, bit of guitar. The Argentines movies. love a bit of roast meat. Well, they're eating barbecue. They're eating asado yeah. every Sunday. So yeah. like a, a, a roast is kind of a little bit exotic. Yeah. Is the Argentinian way of cooking like, is it all like barbecue? Like is a Francis Mall man burning everything on fire? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cutting down 200 trees to cook some <laughs> carrots. <Yeah. laughs> Deforestation in the Amazon. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, actually yeah. not palm oil. It's what? Francis Mallman wanted to yeah. make breakfast. <laughs> Those carrots, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's the what how I started getting to the open fire was I was always obsessed with fire, but um, just I, m I remember my mother used to have to check my pockets before I leave the house to, to see. <laughs> oh, that was, kind of obsessed yeah, with yeah, fire, yeah, yeah, yeah. just burning shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this, that's cool. That's Loved it. Like, it, 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 it. I mean, it's it's a good way to harness it is by actually cooking things. That's over. what I was gonna say. Like you know, you can go two ways with that. You can turn into a chef, or you can just end up either in prison or like <laughs> yeah. arson. I believe is the word. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, arson, arson around, Argentina. Yeah. Um, that's uh, that. so you went to you went to Argentina, but it's, you were there for seven years making Sunday roasts. Mm, I would, you'd do that the entire time, but um, you you know when I started mixing what I knew about Irish and Jamaican cooking, mm. but I'd be working with like a Colombian chef, mm. and then like things like I had like a Venezuelan vegan girlfriend for a while. Yeah. So then like the Jamaican Irish would adapt to that flavor, taking and, influences from everywhere. Well, this is it, and this is why I kind of like. For, let me ask you a question: What what's what does like authentic food mean to you? I think that the authentic food right now, I think, is changing 
a lot. I mean, you've histori- to me, historically authentic food. Yeah. Which is, you know, the kind of the idea of terroir and the idea of like eating what comes from your area and kind of... Exactly, yeah. Even like, you know, I was talking today about, say, the Liberties and kind of the 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 gastronomical history of their... And things like coddle. Yeah. Where, you know, I've mentioned on the podcast before where you have something like coddle, which came from people eating fish on a thir- or on a Friday, so all their leftovers being thrown into a pot on a Thursday with a couple of spuds and carrots and onions, mm. and that would become your coddle. Or, you know, so I think authentic food, really, there's there's so many different ways of looking at it. You know, it's like, whether you're talking about a person, a, a culture, mm. a, a history, that like, it's a vast kind of thing. But I think... Now, what you said there about accessibility to mm. food. Yeah. The fact that, you know, 20 years ago, you would hear about El Bui or somewhere like mm. that. And, you know, it's just, it was this mystical place in San Sebastian mm. where they were turning <laughs> yeah, liquids yeah. into gels. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. They'd serve you an olive, but it wasn't an olive. Yeah. Ah! And you have to um, answer the wizard's three questions yeah, before exactly. you get access like, to the gate. Yeah, it's a Mavis Riddles three and I will feed you dinner. Yeah, like that kind of mental stuff. Whereas now... I can look at like what a Sri Lankan chef is having for breakfast while he's having it on Instagram. Mm. I can find out what, you know, Cedric Grolet, what pastries he's farting out in Paris, mm. uh, like instantly. Like mm. all of a sudden, it's what you said there that global tastes have become kind of unionized and democratized in the way that like, you know, I, I think it's the biggest change that's happened in food in the last while. That For years, mm. I thought that word was so sacred. Yeah. Like incredibly sacred. You don't touch it. You don't add anything to it. You know, you see those videos passing around the internet of Italians getting annoyed. I don't know why I'm so so yeah. so, so into it, but like yeah. the Italians get annoyed. The cream. That, that is not the carbonara. <laughs> you get Come so here. mad. Yeah. And Shout out to the Italians mad at food Instagram page. If you don't follow it, please do. It is incredible. I can only I can only imagine. But then I went into a phase of thinking, actually no, this is this is complete bullshit. Mm. And once you see that kind of stuff slapped on the side of a Domino's pizza box, or you know those boxers that just have authentic and yeah. you, know, you know the ones I'm talking about, the, <laughs> the ones that the, the ones that, the ones that rip after you lift your leg yeah, up too yeah, high, yeah. You, fart you, too yeah, hard, yeah, yeah. Have a, have a particularly milky meal. You do a high lift goes. leg to some hauling oats or something, and yeah. then your 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 next thing your boxer your boxers are gone. Make my dreams come true. <laughs> Goodbye boxers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and now. Um, I, I, the, the 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 moment I started thinking about it again was, for me, that authenticity is it's a it's it's almost like a space. It's like a time mm. period where you're in the middle of the experience. Like mm. for, for me, growing up with the Jamaican food was I'd learned a lot from my, my grandmother. Mm. She's cooking in London. She's not. In, she doesn't have the ingre- in Jamaican ingredients. She is. She is cooking what she knows how to do at a particular time, at a particular point, be and and using the things around her. Mm. I'm copying. I'm like trying to emulate her flavors okay. in Dublin with what I can do, and I I can't get the same ingredients that I can get in London, but I can get the the ingredients here. But then I'll have to improvise with maybe a bean, or maybe have to intro- improvise with the type of chili that because maybe Scotch bonnets aren't always mm. here. Yeah. Now is that authentic food? It's a, but that's the, the, so a very good point. Yeah. So so mm. the, the, this is why the word can be it is tricky enough to um, place, and I think especially as you mentioned there in the last twenty years in Ireland, we have reached well right now with everything. We're just kind of at this weird crossroads where people don't know what to say anymore, mm. or how to say it, or what questions to ask, or yeah. why they're asking them, but. For me, with all that, with all that stuff, it comes from intent, and yeah. it's what, what's your intention of why are you doing this? Why do you know why you're doing that? Or yeah. the, the who, what, where's, and why's are important. What's the, what's the context of the actual drive behind it? It's like yeah, it's yeah. like did you go to, did you go somewhere for for a weekend and then you decided that would be a cool idea and now and now and now, and now it's your thing or do you mm. actually do you, do you do you actually have a connection to this? I love this this idea of you know your grandmother who did she grow up in Port Port Antonio? Where she's from Port Antonio. Yeah, yeah, and then she moved to London. She moved to London, and so I love this idea of somebody growing up in Jamaica and learning how to cook Jamaican food, and then going somewhere else. And like I can, you can only imagine going to another country where maybe there wasn't this community, where there wasn't somebody going. There's a Jamaican food store down the road, or an Asian market, or an Indian store, or anything mm. like that. Like coming from a different country. 
I'm just having to figure it out. Yeah. Well, you're watching it happen in front of you, lads. Uh, yeah. You're watching it happen in front of you every every, every year. Um, like, for me, with the the way I cook, I, I started thinking about, there, there, there's this, um, I suppose it's an allegory, and um, it's about the, the sh- it's called the ship of Theseus, and it's the warrior coming home from, uh, coming home from the, from the Battle of Troy, and it takes the, the years, they're, the journey is 20 years and every year the ship breaks a tiny bit and they have to repair the mast and then have to repair some, uh, repair a piece of wood. So by the time he actually gets home, is it the same ship? Like the grandfather axe. Yeah. Like you, you, like change the, you change the handle, you change the, is it the same axe? Is it the same axe? Yeah. So you, you apply that kind of mentality to food and a dish or a culture. And let's say a diaspora comes to Ireland and... You know, they use, I don't know, sweet potato and all that now they can get is just like a turnip or something. Yeah. Does it become like the, the Galway curry? Does it become the... Mm. Mm. Yeah. I think, you know... You, like the, like, the South Dublin ramen or... Well, you, 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 <laughs> you, think of a, you think of something like um, like chicken tikka masala, mm. which was created in Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like by, from... And actually, I was reading recently about kind of the importance of like curry shops mm. in terms of like the integration of the Indian co- population of England, how, you know, they generally took small, undesirable cafes and restaurants and greasy spoons that closed down and opened these places cooking new foods. And it completely changed the actual perception of, you know, of the of an entire population base. Yeah, within it. and suddenly you have what chicken tikka masala is the national dish of, yeah. of England. Well, sure, look at our own or look at our own nation and the uh like the potato, the, the, the potato's from Peru. It's from Peru. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, like the the the, the uh, Mr. Tato is actually Peruvian. Peruvian, yeah. 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 <laughs> senor, senor, senor Tato. Hola, senor Tato. <laughs> Las patatas guapas. Yeah, but you like what you're saying with the tikka masala. Then another thing with the potato, the spice bag. Like the, sp- yeah, the spice that's, that's bag. Only, that's only recent as well. Like, like, that's, um, the spice bag was invented in Temple Oak. Yeah. <laughs> spice bag was invented in Temple Oak using a uh, a Peruvian tuber and Chinese five spice. Like, <laughs> Lads, I, I, have a, I have a confession. You've, you've, what, have you? You've never had a taste bag. I've, I've, I've never had a spice bag. You've never had a spice bag. I've never had a spice bag. What? Wow. Dude, you know what? Like genuinely, <laughs> I, I <laughs> don't look at me like that. It's <laughs> spice bag. It's, it's, it's shit hot. It's delicious. Yes. I, I know. I, I, just, I just I don't deny it. Mm. I, it's it's not through any adverse. I've just. Wow, yeah, I haven't got there well, yet. I have a hot take as well. I I think eight, like maybe seventy percent of them you get are actually crap. Like they're they're, they're they just haven't got the seasoning right. It's just too much. It's just wrong. Mm-hmm. But the good ones are really really good. Okay. Do you know what? Okay, like, okay, okay, do you know okay. what they say? How like where do um, where do you go for good spice? Uh, well, sunflower in Temple Oak would be so a good place to start. That's the OG. Is that the is that where that's the OG? Yeah, that, that's, that's where the it mecca. comes from. Yeah. So, but I I would say Cheyenne Street Food. Cheyenne Street do Food do a very that good. That one is San Sab. Yeah. Uh, San Sab. I think of one best spice bag and uh, takeaway really? awards for three years in a row, and it's actually fantastic. Um, now there's an awards. Jeez, a, am I about to enter a people, rabbit hole? People are like people are genuinely. They go deep on the spice bags. The spice like, bags really... get really like I I see it from like social media and respond engagement on different posts and spice bags just go just go insane. People like just people and it'd be the filthiest looking horriblest oh. thing ever. Like what, you know. what could you put into a Jamaican spice bag if there was an equivalent? Mm. A little bit of scotch bonnet. Me gonna put some uh, some old spice. <laughs> <laughs> some old spice. Some pimento. Yeah, yeah. So some pimento. What else? You'd have to smother it in some jerk sauce as well, wouldn't you? Oh my yeah. god! Do you know what this actually sounds incredible? Miss yeah. me, me, me got a little bit of spice bag coming up, so, right? Yeah. What? Would, what? Like pork is quite common in Jamaican cooking. Pork right? is quite common. So, like, with a lot of when I started doing a lot of this type of cooking, like, little small background history on Jamaica. Yeah. The um, second big ethnicity is Irish. Really? 25%. I knew there was yeah. a, quite a lot of Irish people. Yeah, in, yeah. But like 20, 20, second biggest ethnicity. They um, say... They um, were in, or go ahead, Chris. Sorry, they say like, I think, is it Jamaica or it's somewhere in the Caribbean where you can still get the West Cork Mon- Mon- accent? Montserrat. Montserrat, sorry. Montserrat, sorry, sorry. yeah. So no this, this is, um, you're, you're talking Cro- like Cromwell. It was indentured yeah. indentured, indentured servitude. Yeah. But, Cromwell again. We're always talking about Cromwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that, isn't that r- r- Rule 32? It always. <laughs> isn't it incredible that, like, literally every kind of thing that we're talking about, the reason we don't eat fish in Ireland, Cromwell. Yeah. Mm. The reason, like, why there was lots of Irish people in Jamaica, Cromwell, Cromwell is like Cromwell, a kind of a weird, like, anti hero for Irish food that, like, you know, <laughs> you know, no, and hear me out here that he banned so much shit and sent so many people away. 
that it sprung so many roots. Obviously, listen, we can't not say it. Like, dude I mean, was, this, dude is this, profoundly this, evil. This, this, <laughs> is the, this kind of touches on what I'm about to go into. It's like you, you start to kind of think about these things inter intertemporally. And yeah. your mind is obviously, oh, that's outrageous. Like, yeah, but like it wasn't at the time. So like the Jamaican cook and Jamaican, like my, my ancestry is slave, slave roots. Yeah. There, there were people in my family that were in chains really? um, at some point in their existence. Like my grandmother would have learned her cooking off her aunt mm. um, who learned it off her grandmother who was a slave. Wow, okay. So um, meat was forbidden. Mm. Um, so rice rice and peas, the, the it's, no, what is it? The, um, it's a symbol of Jamaican food. It was yeah. eaten on Sundays. It was the, it was, it was, it was the quintessential meal because anytime, for example, a cow was killed, it was buried. So the slaves didn't uh, get a taste for meat. Um, that's why things like oxtail are the popular Jamaican dishes, or chicken feet, is, or curried goat, or yeah, curried goat. These like that. There was actually it was the there's actually what's the dish? It's there's a there's a dish in what island is it? I think it might be Grenada, um, but it's called goat soup, which doesn't sound too it's too appealing. But it's when the Irish mixed with the um, the West African slaves, and the the Irish brought over um, Irish stew. You're joking. And so there's a there's an Irish stew dish. dish. I think it's Granada. Um, this is a good, like, it's kind of, it's it's something that I find really interesting is kind of the interlinked history of the Caribbeans and West African mm. with kind of, yeah, the indentured servitude of Irish people. Yeah. And, you know, kind of going back to this idea of coddle still, that <laughs> this of throwing shit in a pot and going off to do something for the day or like, I mean, hunger is a good sauce, especially in, when you like. No, 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 no matter what the 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 reason for the person's being there, like nobody wanted to be on that island and no. suffer. Um, no. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the the curry goat or the the goat soup has been on the on the pot all day and get get your get your surf. Am I right to say Scotch bonnet is actually a West African chili as well? Yeah. Well, there's like I've heard for things like okra, mm. which is used in. Um, so, so in US a lot and in Caribbean cooking, I've heard stories um, like I, th I think it could be part of the folklore as well, but I like the idea that the seeds were brought, West Af the slaves brought them in their ears. Uh, they brought the seeds over and because they wanted to, because so, they knew where they were going. So yeah. it was from, it was originally from West Africa and right, they, yeah, they yeah. smuggled the seeds. They smuggled the seeds in their ears. Okay, yeah, because I suppose like I was in Nashville a couple of years ago and you know, you'd see like in a lot of the, like a lot of places you'd have like okra like fried yeah. or stewed you'd see it a yeah. lot in like um you know uh proper kind of down country like cooking from like louisiana new orleans a lot of creole food some good grub some good oh, some damn good, grub, good yeah. grub some good grub yeah but i mean this is like it, it is incredible so um that's so just learning about that cows were buried so the slaves wouldn't yeah get a yeah so meat. people wouldn't get a, a taste for meat um yeah, that's that's what like you have the again as I said you had things like oxtail the big dish mm -hmm. um you, like there's no steaks the, the, on the menu there's so seafood's a real big part of the Caribbean culture, culture as well yeah um depends what area you're in um some cultures would have a more of an affinity to it it's not like for example like Cuban uh, mm. you think of Caribbean you, you you kind of forget the the Spanish speaking islands as yeah, well which is of course. Um, Cuban culture got completely decimated by the revolution. Um, so all the anybody that was in any way decent cooking or had their own businesses was completely wiped out and going to Miami or or ending up in the diaspora mm. in the US. But um, you know, we're reading a lot of books on the Cuban culture. Some, there's something about Cuban culture that just fascinates it's me. It's fascinating. The, 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 yeah. the, the music, the Mm. The, the the laid back kind of style, the like or visually laid back, the kind of yeah, aesthetically laid back. Yeah, because I think Jamaicans are in the, uh, have earned this very laid back. <laughs> well, Havana, Havana is a very laid. I've been in Havana. Yeah. Havana is a very laid back city. Like, there's, yeah. there's, there's, the, the main streets are quite slim and narrow, and there's just so, like it is very there's easy going. Flowing through, yeah. through it, yeah. Um, have you been to Jamaica recently? No, um, I was supposed to go in April last year, but uh, mm. my. Corona came. <laughs> and do you still have family there? Uh, yes, um, most of them are in London. Okay, so I'm back and forth to London every now and again. Yeah, and then um, yeah, I mean, the last time I was in the Caribbean was in 2018. Okay, so obviously, come here, like to kind of move from little party and mm -hmm. kind of what you've done there. Um, you've had like, despite everything in the last in the last year and a bit, you've like 
that whole day with Action Bronson. Oh, I did. Like, come here. Like, literally, I think, like, we're a similar age. We're cooking similar food. I think every chef in in Ireland was probably looking at you being like, you lucky motherfucker. Like, <laughs> like suddenly, you know. Yeah, I, I fit, yeah. How does that come about? Did Vice just ring up your phone one day and say, here, Vice are coming to Ireland. What's, what are you doing on Wednesday? Dude, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was It was a Thursday. And uh, I'm ro- ro- walking out of the house. I had the, the pop-up on, which I only did from Thursdays to Saturdays. Mm. I get this email in my inbox. I'm like, vice.com. <laughs> <laughs> like, vice.com. And we're passing by through town. We filmed a show called Fuck That's Delicious. Maybe you've heard of it. And I was like, yeah, I can't remember. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of, this is kind of, this is a bit surreal. So, uh I take the call and the, we're, we're we're in town on on Sunday. We'd love to film with you. Um, I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mm, I, yeah. Think, I think I think we can do that. <laughs> and uh, then the, I think their flight was delayed, so it ended up being on a Monday, which gave me more time. So it was one of those things. It was one one of the times I've cooked where every every single facet of what I actually wanted to achieve. Came out, yeah, came was, out how I wanted it, it and just yeah. a little bit. It better. looked great. It was a proper banquet. And I was so mm. I, I was super chilled out on the day. Um, I mean that quote: "You turned the lamb to butter." Like, <laughs> it just sounds so yeah, good. Yeah, but to 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 see Dublin on the map like that is just in itself was one of the coolest things yeah, ever. Like, because mm. at the very start of the show, they say they um, they say they've been to Ireland three times and they haven't had great like culinary experiences. Yeah. So I was like, "What the fuck?" And mm. then like then I thought the whole episode is amazing. Yeah. But they start out in Hoat and they're in um where is the where did they go and hoat? Um, I'm not sure. Seafood. King Citric. Mm. Yeah, uh, they start oh, off in King Citric and then they're in Lewis Cannon and they're just having che- wine and cheese. What do you say? The Fre- Irish cheese is better than French cheese? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, there's actually one amazing moment. I only watched it later on today. <laughs> there's one amazing moment where he's just like, Action Bronson's just sipping the tea in a little porty and they're, they're you know, they're, they're just out there having their smoke and you're in the kitchen like that getting everything going on and you can just see like, you know, they are high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> high as, and, but like, what, the, what's the like, was there like, like, the, like the, because uh, I mean what the the segment was like four or five minutes we were yeah. filming for about maybe about four hours yeah um when was that that was it was in July so um I think they came at like nine o'clock and then we like I'd cooked this I I the, the lamb the lamb the lamb I <laughs> I brined it for two days and then uh marinated for a day and then cooked it for about, I think it was about 13 hours at about nine, oh 90 degrees. <laughs> um, big, big, big side, side leg lamb. And uh, I just, because I had so much time and I was just kind of super chilled out. Mm. I've been just been basting it all day oh and it just God. turned literally into butter. And uh, then when you cook something and you're just yeah. like, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> God, I did it. <laughs> No, I can't wait to tell everyone. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you had this pretty production crew there to fucking witness it. Oh yeah, it but you know what? What I loved, sick. what I loved about that is that um, like I remember the first time I went to the party and just being blown away by the flavors. Like literally, have, never having anything like that in Dublin before. And then you came over. It was the first time we met. Yeah, um, I was sitting there with my dad. And am I right in saying that the Irish side of your family is from Roscommon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like suddenly. You know, on this global, because like Fuck That's Delicious is an enormous show. Massive. That like, there is this stereotype about Irish food that it's all spuds and cabbage. Mm. That suddenly you have a Roscommon Jamaican figurehead (laughs) cooking for this enormous production. Kind of like suddenly in this moment, it was like Dublin isn't just this. Dublin is changing and Dublin is on the map. Which was cool. And suddenly you do have a diverse palate and you do have, you know, I just love that there's this kind of this relationship of like somebody as you said who on a Jamaican side comes from like slave heritage and slave food who learned cooking off their grandmother in London who is improvising it who suddenly is doing a pop-up in 250 squared in Rathmines yeah and like when you look at that story and that lineage and you're going fuck this this is Ireland now this is beautiful this is incredible yeah so this is the thing is why I don't try like to I mean, it's obviously good to respect the heritage where you're from. We just we talked about the authenticity, but where does this go? Where does yeah. this, where where does this take us? It's like 
as I said, we're kind of in this awkward phase now where there's all nobody really knows what to think or, or mm-hmm. do or say about uh, new cultures coming in or new new faces becoming the freedom fighters. You know, mm-hmm. the, these type of things. They're, these are conversations that are going to revolve around a culture and food is heavily in the culture. So what mm-hmm. is Irish food now? That's the question. Well, here, here's the thing. It's like, what do you like eating? You yeah. know, you, you know, you, you, you've, 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 we've all been there when you've heard someone from a different country in any way disrespect Guinness. You get yeah. a little, you get a little bit hurt. Or you're like, like, you've just not yeah. had a good one. I'll like, show you just, better. Yeah, you've just not had a good one. No, do you know, it's, 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 it's like. I haven't listened to you two intentionally in years, but if someone disrespects Bono when I'm in another country, I'm like, you take that back. Yeah. So here's like, the, here's the here's here's the thing. It's like you're gonna ha- we're gonna go through a bit of a process here with um, I don't know maybe there's a child in a, in, a, in a in a primary school that's gonna bring some sort of samosa or something, and yeah. then everybody in the, whoa, what is that? Mm-hmm. That's that's gonna hurt. That's mm, like no matter yeah. that's gonna hurt that child. Is that because they're you're identity is attached to what your mm. what your grandmother's cooking what your mother's cooking yeah. what you're eating every day um and then you know it could be a wayward comment it could be anything else i don't think it's in well, any way kind of disrespect for Tara anything Stewart but was a, talking about that you know about like kids making fun of her in school for eating a curry at lunch yeah. I mean, like what's that smelly thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like at least i don't have a bland my payback my payback <laughs> my payback for that i remember because it used to happen to me a lot when i was a child was just put on so much scotch bonnet sauce and tell them it was it was, <laughs> it was Hang on, are you telling me that like you were going into school with stuff laced with scotch bonnets oh yeah 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 in the sandwiches and stuff uh-huh. <laughs> scotch bonnets on it you yeah so how, I, how I'd eat my dinner is I still do it to this day was ha- like half it like for example what did I have last night uh, my dad cooked some steamed cauliflower with some steamed sweet potatoes and some boiled ham so right. ha- ha- common meal. My dad's a good cook now. That was just kind of one of his mm-hmm. put together meals. But half of it in the traditional way, maybe yeah. a bit of butter, and then other half laced in Scotch bonnet, Sauce rinsed in Scotch bonnet sauce. <laughs> yeah, Scotch bonnets uh, for anybody who hasn't had them who's listening are not only hot as hell, but they're so incredibly fragrant and fruity. This is the thing. And so yeah, because I remember when I start when I started doing a little party, I'd have it at the side. Um, because let's talk hot sauce here for a second. Because um, I think with the Irish um, exposure to this hot sauce, we, yeah. we would have the expo- we it would be the the Mexican style of doing it that you just kind of lash it all all over your food. Yeah. You lash it on the top. Caribbean style would be on the side of your plate, and then because it's intensely hot, yeah. you don't want to ruin your food. You work it, you work it in, and let the heat build up. Okay, right. So that's that's it. It's always kind of like hot sauce. I remember the ubiquitous bottle of Tabasco that my dad would have on the table <laughs> and kind of like that kind of thing of like, you know, it was always a few drops. But then, yeah, you see some people kind of getting getting liberal with the sriracha, just whoop. Does, uh, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I only ever I only ever put out the warning once. Just, yeah. <laughs> this is hot. Don't help me tell me how to eat hot sauce. <laughs> it's like, you'll, you'll learn. <laughs> you'll learn. So I suppose um, off the back of the, the Vice TV show, and then moving into media yourself, mm. there's been a few opportunities for you. Yeah, uh, coming. Like, so we've seen you on Ireland AM. We've seen you on Lodging with Lucy. That looked like the crack. That was great, man. Um, yeah, that was, that was just such a surreal experience. Because again, that was one of those things. That I said, "Are you? Are you? Yo, uh, you free next week?" I'm like, "Why? What do you need?" Well, we're doing this TV thing. And so, who who did who did you actually uh, cook for when she was on? Yeah, Paul McGrath and so Paul McGrath. Enya does uh, no tw- uh, Twink. Uh, twink. Uh, uh, <laughs> Same person, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're both enigmatic mm. in their own way. <laughs> cool. And um, oh, I love the twink. Um, her parakeet or her parrot. Oh, it was. It was. It was on her twenty four seven. I like. like like, just, she's like Captain Jack Sparrow. Like. Yeah, I, I, I don't like. I don't know if I like being that close to birds. Um, they kind of freak me out. Because <laughs> you don't know what they're thinking. They're like insects. You know, they're, they can't see that you can't Just see into beady little bird eyes. Yeah, you can't see into um, their souls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, should we talk some crispy bits? I think we should talk some crispy bits. I think we should talk some crispy bits. Um, so obviously, we are we're currently sponsored by the wonderful. We've talked about them with great admiration. By Tato, um, who've just launched two delicious new flavors: uh, beef brisket and cheesesteak, inspired by deli flavors. Um, they're yeah. delicious. They're absolutely whopper. I love them. Yeah, and um, Tato are an like, iconic Irish brand and they love supporting um, Irish food. So is there anything you're excited about in Irish food right now? 
for part of the crispy bits. Dude, we're talking crispy bits. What's what are you buzzing off in Irish food at the moment? I am certainly buzzing off the way that uh, fresh fish and seafood has become more prevalent uh, across menus in people's houses, in people's minds. Mm. Like as a, like a maritime culture, we should be we should be the thriving maritime culture. Cromwell again. What else? What else do you want? So, <laughs> talk us through like if you were doing uh, if you were cooking fish in Little Porty. Yeah. What would you? Uh, what What would be? What could people expect to see on the menu? I loved it. The, the one that was popular one because like a lot of the dishes that are on the menu is this is why I, I refrained from calling it anything authentic or anything traditional because in my mind, as I said, the the, the authenticity is a moment, but as you said as well, I, which I wholeheartedly agree with, I think authenticity, um, it can almost restrict uh, creativity. Yeah. Um, so some of the dishes, like I did a, a Cajun prawn dish, which was, um, it was a kind of a mix of something I'd seen in Peru and something I'd seen in Cuba, uh, which mm-hmm. are two wildly different uh wildly different um, cultures yeah. but then it was mixed with uh, something I'd seen in, well it was mixed with like a ragu but a Cajun style ragu okay so it was like the, the lemon pepper prawns or uh, lime pepper prawns mm. and uh, had a nice base and uh, then always a topping of coconut on top always a topping of coconut <laughs> beautiful yeah, yeah, that yeah. sounds pretty crispy <laughs> that sounds wonderful that was our crispy bit section sponsored by the wonderful people at Tato Next up, we have our cross-promo of the week, which is Fascinated by Garod Farrelly. His podcast, Fascinated, is on the Headstuff Podcast Network, and this week his guest is none other than Samantha Mumba. No way. S- yes, way. Samantha Mumba, what a legend. What a legend, a Jumcondra native like myself. Absolutely, Samantha Mumba. Jeez, shout out to Samantha Mumba. <laughs> yes, and Garod Farrelly and Fascinated. Yeah, I'm, I, I have a, I'm going to listen in, actually, because I didn't realize Samantha Mumba now has uh, two new tracks out at the moment. So. What? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. The, the return of Samantha Mumba. So Fascinated is a lighthearted comedy chat show where guests have done fascinating things and reflect on their stories and journeys. This is the trailer. I'm calling it now. Samantha Mumba is going to save 2021. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Geroad Farrelly and I'm the host of Fascinated. Have you ever wondered about the pop bands you liked as a teenager? What went on behind the scenes? We had played this like grand prank. It sounds terrible, but I'm just so relieved it's over. And then they had this like great idea of getting another girl in who looked like Heavenly. What did they do afterwards? And all of a sudden you're like, that's the end of that. It was all blowing up when it all kind of just unraveled. And I thought it would last forever and it didn't. Check out Fascinated with me, Gerald Farrelly on the Headstuff Podcast Network. So Nico, mm. the pandemic's over. Mm. You're allowed to go out. You're allowed to go mad. You're allowed to go out for dinner. Let's say. Okay. Where is where? Where's the first booking coming from? Where are you going for that, your glass of wine? That your bite allowed. to eat. Um, you can go for lunch, dinner. You can do whatever you want. Where 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 is your go to places in Ireland? Man, I think this summer's just going to all be about outdoors, isn't it? Mm. I need. <sighs> Andy Noonan and be hitting up Andy Noonan for some big old basting. Yeah, um, you've done a pop up with him last year in base. Did a few. We've been working together a lot. I'm, do you know what? I just pass by there and I just kind of stroll in and just, uh, hey, what's cooking? And then mm-hmm. just end up hanging around. Just Yeah, he was on the podcast last week and yeah. uh, chatting about doing these uh, sli- sliced, sliced meats. Uh, oh, hot meat counter? Hot meat oh. counter. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Oh, yeah. So, where, yeah, if you, if you could eat anywhere in Ireland tomorrow, where, where would it be? Uh, Hmm. See, there's the thing. I don't know. I don't know if I care where it would be. It would have to be ar- around good people. Let me have a look. Yeah. Um. Somewhere with a big long table. <sighs> somewhere in West Cork. Why don't Why don't we just do a pop up in West Cork? Why don't we just go- Sa- Sambo Ambo X Little Porty, West Cork. Yeah. There's the promo. <laughs> with, with, with all the chat about authenticity and all the chat about kind of what what does food mean, I think what you just said there sums you up quite well as a person. What's that? That's brap, like. Brap. <laughs> if I had to describe Nico in one word, it'd be. Brap. Um, no, the, no, the. That you don't care where it would be as long as it's with good people and it's where it is. You know, it's like. It, that, but that's like. It's very much it, you're about a place and a time, and you're about a place and a time in yourself mm. and what you're cooking, and that's how that's what I've seen in you, and it's amazing to see. It's authentic and it's real. 
Mm. And it's fucking delicious. Well, that's, <laughs> that's what Little Porty is now. It is a place and a time because it's, you know, this Irish influence, this Jamaican influence, and like then the five years in Latin America, you're bringing in that influence as well. So that's something on its own. That's what you've created. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, that was definitely what was hard about the, the pandemic for myself was um, when something you love doing, like a passion like that becomes part of your identity and then seeps into who you are and your personality. And then when you kind of get that taken away from you, um, it's very hard to, you know, get, get get back out of that. You know, yeah. so it's, it's I'm, I'm glad to be uh, in some way doing it because I'm r- writing a book at the moment with it, with um, to kind of getting it all together. Okay, um, okay, okay. Yeah, let's talk about what's in the future for Nico. Actually, so you've written a book, writing a book, um, few TV projects coming up. Nice, um, nice. Which so the information I can't fully divulge just yet. Okay, but okay. Like, listen, you can you can give us a little tease. Yeah. It's okay, little, get a little tease. The it's sauce not... is on the side of the dish, and you're <laughs> mixing it in. <laughs> <laughs> so we might have something coming up on television screens. Yes, super. Yes, and uh, regards the book. Tell us a little bit more about. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I'm not. I mean, it did it, 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 almost like a writer's block with it at the moment mm-hmm. because uh, you kind of want to tell. Everything, yeah, and when you, you should be just telling what's true to you, right? You know, the kind of way, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm getting there. It's gonna be open, open fire cooking, and um, okay. a lot of the stuff I, I, I suppose I learned in Argentina because what I'd really, 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 really love to see, especially with open fire cooking, is well, there's this kind of mentality in Ireland that it's the we light the fire, we put on the sausages, we put on the burgers, great, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's so much more than that. You can, you could just light a few coals and yeah. sear sear off your steak and then do the rest of it inside. It doesn't have to be yeah. everything on the barbecue, you know, the kind of way. Yeah, I've seen you were doing something with Smoke and Soul. Is it that? Um, oh, the lads, those yeah, guys. they're great. Yeah. They had, they had, lo- it's somewhere I'd love to go. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit you up next time. I'm down, yeah, down. please do. Uh, yeah, they've got like 35 acres down there and they just... Uh, Social it, distancing. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, about. yeah. <laughs> Um, Social distance and fires. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they they make the barbecues. They make um, smokers and grills. Now my, I'd, I'd be I'd be novice intermediate with smoking. It's mm. something I, because every house I lived in in Argentina, they would have one of the 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 parishes, the grills. Yeah. So it's just so accessible because it's just there. It's not you're not lighting up too much. You're in, mm. And some of them are actually in the houses that the vent goes outside. No Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> breakfast, lunch and dinner was just be learn, learning how to manage, manage, heat. manage, yeah. manage coals because effectively it's you can do every you can cook anything in or outdoors. You can do indoors. It's just only better. Yeah. Mm. Wow. OK, that's a. So we have the book. We have possible some TV appearances coming forward. Hopefully, some sort of return of little party in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I've been kind of always itching for it. Do you yeah. know what? It's incredible. How different would it be if you made it all the way to the bank? <laughs> oh, brother! I was thinking, like, there's a timeline. There's a timeline where that happened, and there's a timeline me sitting here doing that. Like the thing about that was, there was a Canadian vulture fund company that owned it, and that's you're a red mark no, on a spreadsheet. No, literally. Do you know what? It's as well as well the fact that like they don't care. Well, it does. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're just, you're and, just it, and it was and people said, oh but you could have done takeaway I was like yeah but nobody was thinking about takeaway when this <laughs> when, 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 when this thing was going yeah, yeah, yeah. and the place there was nothing there was no fit out there was no nothing mm-hmm. so that was literally a bullet dodged but to say if the devil was to come down now and you didn't <laughs> dodge the bullet and we had the devil's dessert <laughs> <laughs> the devil's dessert is you need our... some sound effects for that <laughs> 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 I'll do something <laughs> um, yeah. okay no so this is generally how we kind of close out our podcast here on that's banging the, the idea of the devil's dessert it's kind of like a slightly slightly saucier death row meal you know kind of if okay. the devil were to come down and say Nico you've had a good life you've eaten lots of food yeah, you've eaten you, lots you, of scotch bonnets in your sandwiches in school it'd be, <laughs> r- it'd be uh, right uh, as well uh, <laughs> but take me lord you have one last meal in your life and it's <laughs> the devil's dessert you know something along those lines um, yeah. what, but it doesn't have to be that sinister so, and it can be like you know a couple of courses if you I want know, I know I already know what it is um, it's just plantain and salt, fried plantain and some and some salt. Do you know what everyone else is like ribeye steak? I love you, man. That is like <laughs> fried plantain and salt. Yeah, it's just one of those things that I've. It's the flavor has never changed for me. It always is what it is, and every time I've eaten it, I've always loved it. Come here, out of curiosity, grandma food. 
Memory? No, she, she she never actually cooked it. Um, no, she did actually, but she preferred the sweet plantain. Mm. I, I, my my my, uh, my mother liked the green plantain. I liked the green plantain. Uh, yeah, it was just just that and a bit of salt over the top, and then hook me up, devil take me, whatever you want to do. So if someone wants to go and do that there now, like you, where can you get some green plantain and like Fallon and Burn always have it. Yeah. All the Asian markets will always have it. Um, and you're just talking, you're slicing it up and just frying it. Slice it up. Guess try get it nice and thin, uh, and fry it up like you wouldn't a, a chip. Bit of oil. Bit of oil. Put some salt over it. Delicious. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, like it's amazing. Some people talk about these multi-course. Okay. Like you know, I know what you're going to ask. I know you, you're gonna you know ask. what I'm going to ask. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm going to yeah, ask. Yeah. And this is I don't know this is my ask. important question. <laughs> yeah, this is what this I'm... is my important question, and I think it's something for you. Where would you have it? You're just you have a big bowl of salt mm. oh, and hammock mountain? for sure. <laughs> hammock in between two trees, just watching the like the waves lap against the shore. That'd be, that'd be it. The devil just standing beside yeah. you, tapping his toe, just being like, dude, yeah, you've yeah. eaten so much plantain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just five more minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But like, that's, no. What a beautiful setting that is. Nico, you're so dreamy. Just <laughs> watching the sunset, eating some salted fried plantain, annoying the devil. That's Yeah, just... just uh, that's it's, it's, a little it's bit such a beautiful bit. scene by a, the devil. ASMR chewing sounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's banging, man. That, that is the definition of that's banging. Just... <laughs> Just, you know, just, yeah. I just love that there's been a lot of things in this episode that I've absolutely <laughs> loved. I mean, yeah, the, I, I think my favorite thing, yeah, the the passing down of knowledge, the yeah. the adventure, the love of food. Every, the, everything's just a, it's like an echo of what came before. It's turns into whispers and yeah, sometimes you don't know where the scream came from. But isn't it great how like, you know, it, it doesn't just pass down in one way. Like you said, your grandma was using these different ingredients in London that you're using here. So like it's always kind of changing a little bit while keeping that same origin where it came from. Yeah, that's that's what that's why I went through that idea of authenticity is bullshit. But yeah. now I'm, 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 I'm last maybe five years. I'm definitely warming up to it. I did exactly the same thing. And uh, I remember just when I worked in an Italian place, uh, my boss Federico was like, Marcus, what are you doing? Like putting soy sauce in a fucking, or fish sauce in a bolognese. And I was like, yo, it's good. It's um, umami. And he was like, Sh- no, shut up. Like, just make the thing right. Take something good and don't fuck it up. Yeah, yeah, gonna, yeah. That whole thing of authenticity kind of, you know, it. Uh, you do, I think as a young chef, you rebel from it. Mm. And you, you try. Yeah, tell and, me how to do. Yeah, you try. And, <laughs> and then you do come back to it. And you realize that authenticity isn't not putting fish sauce in a bolognese. It's more knowing what it is. Yeah. It's knowing what it tastes like and it's knowing, it's knowing what it means. And I think when you eat your food with the knowledge of maybe if you listen to this podcast and in the future eat at a, one of Nico's restaurants, you might think about this and you might think about, you know, his relatives in Port Antonio or his grandmother in London. And you might get a little bit of taste of history in that food. About to cry. Oh, that would be beautiful. <laughs> that would be, be beautiful. And then you'll have a little taste of that salted plantain. <laughs> and say, do you know what, Nico, I get it. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful. Nico, thank you for coming no, on. No, thanks that, for the invitation. That's the, the, <laughs> another amazing episode. That's when we actually learned so much there. I really enjoyed it. Oh, thanks thank so much. Thank you very much for coming on. And thank you again to our sponsors, Tato. The two new flavours are inspired by the New York Deli sandwiches for when the classic ham and cheese sandwiches won't hit the spot. Grab yourself a Tato beef brisket or a Tato Philly cheesesteak for a limited time only. Nico Reynolds is plantain frying. <laughs> and we're that's banging. <laughs> This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.